Hello and welcome to another Microsoft Teams update. I'm Tom Wright from UC Today and as always we're joined by Tom Abuffnot, Microsoft MVP from Modality Systems. How's it going Tom? Yeah good thanks yeah two Toms on the podcast this month. Yeah yeah I've got um, some big shoes to fill while Rob's away so uh, we'll, we'll see how we get on. Uh, I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, you'll probably, probably become the new oh, host probably- I reckon. Well, I was just going to say, I don't want to do too good a job because he's the boss. So, um, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we get on. Um, well, I guess there's only really one place to start today, and that's the, um, I suppose, the biggest kind of general Teams news from uh, from the start of this month, and that's uh, the new Teams figures. Um, as always, Microsoft have released quite big figures for Teams usage, but there's a bit of a caveat, I suppose, this time around, isn't there? A bit of a change in how they're reporting it. So, do you want to maybe talk us through that and how you're seeing it? Yeah, definitely, Tom. So, so they um, they released some new usage figures on their um, Q4 FY21 earnings. So their last quarter just gone. <clears throat> Microsoft FY runs July to July, and the the first number they released was 250 million monthly active Teams users. Now, previously we've always got daily active. So in uh, was April 2021, we got 145 million daily active. And now, interestingly, kind of without much explanation, they've jumped to monthly active users. Um, now, obviously, Microsoft wants to put the best numbers they can forward, and that last quarter, there are you know kind of maybe there's there's holidays, different usage, and uh, obviously, two hundred and fifty million monthly active users is still a hell of a number. Um, but it's interesting as you dig into the numbers, where does that jump come from? Wasn't really explained. Is that also Teams consumer? Is that also teams in education um, Tony Redmond uh, a fellow MVP did a good blog on kind of questioning where's that 100 million difference come from so a uh, big big jump in the numbers no doubt Microsoft's doing big numbers but uh, interesting that it's jumped right up to 250 million and now monthly active and I suppose perhaps the shift to monthly could be for the next thing we're going to talk about the very first teams phones numbers and I guess you know I think about my usage of Teams, I use the platform every day, but I don't use the, the calling features every day. So maybe that could have played a part in why they've switched to monthly to kind of, I suppose, even how they're, how they're reporting all these figures. Yeah, this was super interesting too. So we got a monthly uh, active Teams phone users and Microsoft said it's 18 million monthly active, which sounds really high to, to me and to a lot of people like there's no doubt teams phone is massive a lot of modalities projects right now are cutting people over aggressively to teams phone um, but if we consider that teams phone if it means license for teams phone and making psdn calls that seems very high so e5 which bundles the phone system license is about eight percent of office 365 users according to microsoft and that's that equals around 25 million users so if we count all of those as potentially active which i don't think they are then you would have to buy the phone system license a la carte so e3 plus the phone system license or common area phones and other bits and pieces that doesn't seem like it would stretch to 80 million so my suspicion is microsoft are counting voip calling as active for teams phone i.e peer-to-peer calls that kind of thing they're saying are Teams phone, which is a very uh, liberal interpretation of, of Teams phone when other vendors would probably say it's actually using it for PSDN calls. And I suppose they give these figures for shareholders predominantly, don't they? And, you know, they talk them through on the earnings call and maybe the shareholders aren't so interested in the, you know, some of the, the nitty gritty that we've just been talking about. But it sounds like from you know, the colleagues you've spoken to that it has raised a few eyebrows a little bit, that figure. 
Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if you think about the the whole industry, like a lot of those phone users are direct routing or will be operator connect. So the, the carriers are super interested in those numbers as well. Um, yeah, my guess, and it's, it's a not a, a, a known, but my guess is maybe three to five million, like what I would call Teams phone users, i.e. they're using it for PSDN. Um, as in monthly active and you you point out at the start of the conversation like actually i'm a team's phone user hardly ever make a psdn call my entire life is is meetings so i never make a literal psdn phone call on teams so even though i'm a team's phone user i reckon i wouldn't have counted as monthly active because i literally can't remember the last time i made a team's phone call um but I would be a licensed and I have a calling plan. So I would be a fully licensed user. So I'd like to see the number ideally of licensed users with PSDN connectivity live. Um, but obviously it's at Microsoft discretion what, what numbers they share with us. Yeah, and I suppose, I don't want you to, to put words in Microsoft's mouth, but they've released this figure you'd think for a reason. Are you seeing a particular push from them on the phone side of things now? Obviously we've got Operator Connect in, I think public preview now and probably expecting more features for that coming soon. Are you feeling a, a real push in, in the voice space oh, for them now. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the things from their partner conference was like there's a, undoubtedly there's a massive number of people using Teams. I think the majority of those are clearly not yet using phones. So they might have phone system license and not have it lit up yet with PSDN connectivity, or they might be E3 users who don't have the phone system license. And you can see pressure from Zoom as well pushing very hard on phone. I think they announced uh, 1.5 million users just recently so that the, this fy for microsoft july to july will be a definitely be a hot spot for getting more and more people on teams phone okay and then i suppose just generally before we move on um is there anything else you kind of picked out as key from the microsoft earnings i think they they generally report growth across the board don't they i think it was similar this time except for perhaps maybe i think surface hardware and maybe gaming but you know it looked like more impressive yeah, growth generally they did. They pretty much smashed their numbers uh, across the board. They're doing very, very well at the moment. A lot of the kind of world events have lent into, you know, having uh, more of Microsoft stack running. So security has been a, a, a big growth push as well, because now everybody's remote working, having proper endpoint security has become much more important than ever before. So yeah, all, all numbers were up basically, uh, they're, they're doing really well, uh, but they're always looking for the, the next thing and things like uh, Teams Phone and Viva and some of the other newer newer things are what they're focused on for, for this FY. Okay, cool. And so we um, maybe move on to look a bit more, I guess, specifically at the Teams platform. I think you and Rob um, spoke about Microsoft Teams.0 in the, um, the last update, the July update, but we've seen a bit more of a glimpse of how that might look now on Windows 11. Um, give us your thoughts on how that's looking. Yeah. Yeah, we got some hands-on. So Microsoft have rolled out what is kind of being called Teams 2.0, which is the new um, client only for consumer at the moment uh, into Windows 11 preview. So only for like Outlook.com accounts, not for Office 365 accounts, but it's, it's tightly integrated into Windows 11. So they have a special, uh, what they call a fly out, like an icon on the taskbar, which has your recent chats and has your contacts in there. They showed some clever stuff around the notifications. Now have a direct reply in the notification. And they also dropped that they're gonna support SMS, which is really interesting. So they'll have direct support for uh, SMS in US, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, India, and, and GB. And that's not just sending 
an, an SMS to invite people onto the platform. That's actually two-way SMS chat between teams and between uh, someone on a, a text messaging you know, mobile phone. Yes, yeah, so there's a few things to look at there. Firstly, the um, the chat flow does look really cool, doesn't it? I can see how that would definitely be useful, particularly if and when they do roll that out into you know the business side of teams as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is all very focused on Teams Consumer and tightly integrated into Windows 11. But the intent is that that client will become the enterprise client at some point. So we'll see if all that integration into Windows 11 comes over to the, the enterprise business edition. Yeah, and then looking at that consumer piece, my kind of first thought was, you know, do they want to be kind of in the same kind of sort of space as WhatsApp or maybe Facebook Messenger? Is that, do they want people to be using this as kind of their, I suppose, chit chat platform as, you know, as and when they're talking to friends and family? Because it, it looks like it's set up quite nicely for that if they can get the, the adoption. Yeah, they very much do. They're pushing very, very hard for this to be a consumer play. Um, so they're, they're, they're pushing even on the, the team's enterprise mobile client, they're pushing little banners saying, hey, did you know you could sign in for this and use it for your personal life as well? Uh, and, and obviously the numbers there could be staggering. If you think of the amount of people that use Windows, if they can even capture a small percentage of that onto Teams consumer, um, suddenly that's massive use numbers. And they've got Skype, but Skype is kind of culturally dying off pretty much. I mean, everybody uses it, certainly Europe and a lot of um, Asia pack. You've got things like WhatsApp, WeChat. In, in America, iMessage is... is, is very popular as the go-to um, for, for Apple users, obviously. So yeah, Microsoft, I think, have an interesting position because they're um, with Facebook having some issues around kind of privacy reputation and WhatsApp and bringing in WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook all together. Microsoft have this opportunity to push for with a more trusted consumer platform, potentially. And I guess it's worth pointing out that they're mostly sort of talking about this with regards to Windows 11, but do you think Windows 10 users are going to be able to get some of these new features as well? Um, yeah, good question. I don't think they'll get the tight integrations because I don't think they'll backport them. I, I imagine at some point this client will run and actually the beta client does run on Windows 10. I've tried it. So you can grab the client and run it on Windows 10, um, but you don't get some of the you know, smart new integrations like the flyouts and stuff. It just runs like a regular client. So I think that stuff will be exclusive to Windows 11. It does look nicer, doesn't it? Sort of the screenshots of some of the new interface, although it's, you know, it's very similar layout. They've sort of made it look a lot cleaner from the screenshots I've seen. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a cleaner, more modern look, and it's it's built on a, a a slightly different kind of platform, which is more modern and faster. So, from a memory and responsiveness usage point of view, it's going to be uh, lower RAM, faster responsiveness, better performance on low end PCs. So, yeah, it should be really good. Okay, I think um, we'll move on to the next couple of bits now, and I suppose some of these are maybe more behind the scenes. There's a um, sort of a development kit for attendant consoles. Um, do you maybe want to talk through what that means and what the implications of that could be? I think it's something that people have been asking for for quite a long time. Yeah, super big deal for partners and for, for customers using Teams phone. So one of the use case scenarios often in enterprise is having a specific software client where a receptionist can deal with multiple incoming calls and redirect them. So they can look up who's, who's in the office, they can do a talk to that person before they transfer the call. They can juggle lots of calls at once. And there's been uh, good options for Skype for Business, but because of the lack of uh, an API on the client side, there's been no real good options for 
teams there's, there's a couple around but not really slick this this api unlocks an ability to build attendant consoles and potentially lots of other solutions that allow you to build your own software solution that juggles calls or meetings maybe in the future so is this something that you know is a real benefit to partners or are there some partners out there who will think well we've been building something like this and this is going to come along and maybe eat our lunch is there sort of a any kind of competitive play there yeah it's always hard when you're a partner because you're placing bets on what to develop but most partners that are close to microsoft get a feel for what's coming um but people like landis blueware anywhere 365 those type of partners will look at this as an opportunity to build a slicker attendant console experience for sure and am i right in saying we're looking at this some point this year maybe between now and the end of the year Yep. Yeah. Microsoft said uh, this this half. So any time between now and the end of the year, in theory, um, I think it's still a way out. It's in very private uh, preview at the moment for select partners. So yeah, still a way off, but really good to know that it's coming. Yeah. Okay. And I think that was mentioned in one of the sessions at Inspire, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, there were a few kind of, I guess, teams related news, maybe some more general announcements that had knock on effects for teams, such as the more dynamics integration, things like that. But just generally from that conference, was there anything you really took away um, as sort of being key for teams? Yeah, there was a few bits there. So it wasn't super heavy on Teams. Um, teams phone was definitely like, here's a growth opportunity for partners. Um, but the big thing in the modern workplace space was Viva and that ability to do the um, employee experience and engagement, the the Viva learning, the, the Viva integrations to SharePoint. So it was kind of like more of a, we've built this massive user base with Teams. Here's the next steps. Here's the things you can add on. Okay. Cool. Well, if you're happy, we'll move on to um, to the next point, and that's um, multi-geo general availability for teams. Um, I would imagine that's quite useful for a lot of businesses, particularly in highly regulated markets. Um, do you want to kind of talk through the implications of that? Yeah, definitely. This is a really big deal for, like you say, for uh, for multinationals, and it's becoming increasingly important. Uh, all, all the rules around where your data is stored. Um, some countries are getting quite strict on it. So, so this is one of the areas where Microsoft has quite a USP because they've got such global data center coverage because of Azure and all the other services they can offer the ability to actually choose to locate some data for some users in certain countries. And this is where they kind of break away from a lot of the other UCAS, UC providers because they've got that geographical coverage. So you can literally select per user a preferred data location and their relevant data will sit in that geography. So in Germany or in, in Europe or wherever it may be. And, and as far as teams goes, the teams they create will adopt that location as well. So um, it's only tends to be for multinationals that really, really worry about certain users. It doesn't tend to be all users, but a very important feature for those in terms of regulatory requirements. So I guess while it might not be a big deal for most businesses out there for the, the few kind of huge businesses, it is quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Any anybody that's that's big or that is in kind of FinServe or uh, anything around uh, highly regulated industries where they 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 have to commit to the data will stay in the EU or even the data will stay in a particular country. You know, Germany tends to have this a lot. India tends to have this a lot. France has this from time to time. Um, so yeah, really really handy ability for those those big multinationals. Okay, and is that um, how is that available? Is it certain licenses or you know, through partners, anything like that? 
Yeah, actually, it's only direct from Microsoft, so it's not available through partners. You have to you have to go through Microsoft, and it is an additional license, so it's not bundled in. So if you if you know you need it, you're probably already talking to Microsoft about it, um, and that's how you would get it. If you don't talk to your Microsoft account manager, and they'll be able to help you. Sure. Okay. Um, well, we'll move on to the next one, if that's okay with you. And I think this is one that you are particularly excited about. One for music lovers out there. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. It's a, it's a music mode. It's kind of catching up with Zoom a little bit, which has had this for a while. So it's an ability to flip a switch in Teams and have the audio quality ramped up and also turn off all the audio processing from Teams. So uh, Teams by default will do lots of work to reduce background noise, to try and only pick out voices. Uh, and if you think about it, you sit in a coffee shop and you do a Teams call the, the the codec is trying to get rid of the background noise of the cafe's music but there's a use case for teams where maybe you're doing a, a music lesson or you're doing something in education you need the noise you don't want it processed out so you can flip this switch and say i, I know what i'm doing with more audio i'm piping in this audio deliberately please don't process it um, for things like people doing kind of uh, podcasts and slightly more pro kind of scenarios it's a really handy switch and then I suppose on a similar note, I think I might be saying there's a um, new development kit out for broadcasters. Yeah, so this kind of uh, interrelates to that, again, that high-end uh, event scenario. This is really interesting. This is the ability to pump out and in uh, media streams, so RTMP and SRT, uh, from a Teams meeting. So, for example, you can pull the video out of a Teams meeting rearrange it in third-party software so for example you might want to line four people up um, on a, a fake couch in a green room and have them present an event that kind of thing so they all join on teams and you get to change the layout of the video but also pump video into teams so if you're doing a third-party broadcast scenario like say you're doing a a, a big event where it's pro audio process up the ceo is talking you can actually pump that back into a Teams meeting and have that go out through Teams to all the employees potentially. Uh, so really nice to see these kind of these abilities to do proper streaming. And it just allows event organizers to do cleverer stuff with Teams. And I guess although you know music mode is you know, predominantly looking at music, but there could be loads of use cases for things like this. Maybe I don't know healthcare or things where you need really precise feedback, things like that. It could. There could be a lot going on with some of these features, even though they're quite new. Definitely. It just gives you more control. So so by Teams, by default, it's trying to do as much as it can to optimize for you. And and if you were using that streaming mode, you might well use music mode as well to say, look, I, I'm, I'm plugging in third-party AV gear. Or I know what I'm doing with all my tuning and my audio. Just let it be. Uh, yeah, it's, it opens up some interesting opportunities. Okay, cool. Well, um. So we covered off most of the news bits we wanted to discuss, but I think there were a couple of events you wanted to, um, I guess, flag. We're right in, in August now, so things will be a little bit slower, but hopefully we'll be able to get to some more in-person events um, from September. Yeah, actual real in-person events. I'm pretty <laughs> excited. So, uh, yeah, first one on the list is Commsverse, uh, which is a two-day event in Surrey, and that's very, very focused on on this space. It's all in on, on Teams and Microsoft UC, so... That's a really good one. I'm going to be speaking about contact centers there and kind of what to consider for contact centers. I think UC Today are media partner for that one as well. So I expect you guys will be, be down there as well. I'm hoping to be there, yep. 
So that's that's really exciting and that's not that far out. Uh, next one on the list is uh, UC Expo, which is a, a firm favorite for everybody in the UC community. Uh, this is uh, paired up with uh, Digital Expo as well. So now kind of two things coming together, Excel, London, proper, you know, thousands of people, 15,000, 17,000 people, potentially a big event. Uh, all the big players are usually at that event as well. So uh, again, I'm fortunate to be doing some, some speaking slots and panels, and there's a lot of uh, Microsoft stuff going on at that event as well. Cool. Well, I hope to see you at maybe at least one of those events. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I, I, yeah, I've no doubt you guys will be at UC Expo as well. And then the um, the last one was South Coast Summit, which is uh, 15th, 16th of October, so furthest out down in Southampton. And uh, again, that's, so that's a more Microsoft all-round event, but there's definitely going to be some uh, Teams and UC stuff there as well. So nice to see these, these in-person events coming back and some of them going a bit more hybrid, but some of them just committed to in person so fingers crossed with uh, the numbers and the vaccines and stuff we all go for it yeah okay well uh, thanks a lot for your time again tom this month thanks for putting up with me as a stand-in this time around no all good i think you're giving rob a run for his money here <laughs> we'll see what he says when he sees it um yeah thanks again and thank you everyone for watching if you enjoyed the video please give us a like and a share on social media and you can also subscribe to our youtube channel um and we'll be back next month with another update Thanks, everybody.